0: Hey, welcome to the show. My name's Oscar.
1: My name's George, and today we discussed a quote that I picked out. It brought up a lot of stuff about the the benefits of doing nothing, and we even discussed seeing as doing nothing can be so brilliant sometimes, whether or not we should even have a new word for it. The quote for today is from Alan Watts in his book The Way of Zen: "Muddy water." is best cleared by leaving it alone. I like about it that it's just a very simple metaphor that is kind of really quite evocative. And I think there's certain times where this would just be the perfect thing to to read or to think about or to share with someone else. So I think it's a useful one to kind of have in the bank that's that's ready to be applied to the right situation. I was thinking about what is really the root of this quote? What does it really mean at the most simple level? And kind of what I, what I came up with really is that the, the a thing can't really, a thing that created a problem. So the thing that created the problem won't solve the problem. So you know, with, with muddy water, obviously, you know, splashing around is what's going to exacerbate it and make it worse. So you can't use the same process that made that thing arise to get rid of it. It just, it's almost just a, a law of the universe. Uh, so I was, I was thinking about a good example for it. And I thought kind of of, a of uh, an argument say like if you're you're talking to someone and you say something which offends them and then they attack you and then you get offended and you attack them back so that they get even more offended and it can kind of just keep going and going and going and that is kind of like the muddy water you know being uh being disturbed and just constantly going round and you may want the argument to end, but by getting offended and then attacking back, you know, kind of the intention often is like you, you feel like you want to just end the argument, but that's, that's not going to work. The The only time that that's going to end is when someone does something different to that. So there's lots of different things you could do, you know, you could end up just, um, you know, just be like, oh, yeah, whatever, you're right. (laughs) Or like, um, or you could say, just walk away. Or you could be like, okay, let me try and understand this person's point of view. Or there's, there's any number of different ways it could end. But the way it, but it won't end with the same thing that created it in the first place. And it's a very common thing that we can fall into feeling like, you know, if in the example of an argument, if you're in an argument, you kind of, you just want to get it finished and get it done. And it feels in the moment, perhaps, that the way to do it is just to attack back. But it literally won't end until one of you will do something different. Now, some of those things that you do is not the, you know, there's loads of different ways to end it that would be better or worse. But essentially that's, that's the thing is it has to be something different from what caused it in the first place. Uh So I just quickly thought I'd share the full context of the quote as it is in the book. So you can see the context in which he used this, this quote. So as muddy water is best cleared by leaving it alone, it could be argued that those who sit quietly and do nothing and making one of the best possible contributions to a world of turmoil. So it's, it's really a quote, you know, especially about about meditation and contemplation and, you know, the, the common criticism that it's, you know, a waste of time and that you need to just take action and be doing things and, and find a way to, you know, fight the people who are wrong in the world, or whatever it is. And I think, I think that that this is kind of it's valuable what he said here. I don't actually fully agree with it um, because I feel like um, there are a lot of incidents, instances with a word of world of turmoil where we can kind of think about, well, we can, we can use the same quote about the muddy water of like, the thing that created the problem won't solve the problem. So we can kind of take that quote and and really think about it as one of the things that, uh, that he suggested is the do nothing route. But like I said, there's loads of different ways to end an argument. The same way here, there is to do nothing, but... You could also think about actually what is the action I can take that's not going to contribute to this turmoil. So I think there are, um, you know, there are other possible endpoints to this, not just simply doing nothing. Although, as he says, that can sometimes be just the right thing to do. Uh, so yeah, those are my my main points about it. And I'll just pass it over to you. I'm really interested to hear what your what your take on it was because we haven't talked at all before this. So yeah, I'm mm. interested to see what you came to.
0: Yeah, this is such a good quote. You know, it's funny because I was quite surprised that you picked it. Actually, it was it was that because often when we've talked um, in the past, it's it's been about this kind of entrepreneurial spirit and taking action and and quite a do it's quite often around doing and and acting and this is a very hands-off quote as far as I'm concerned. It's 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 saying that so often getting involved uh, is stirring up the water and I guess he's referring to particular situations. He's saying muddy water. He's not saying life is muddy water. You know, he's saying muddy water is best cleared when leaving it alone. Uh, So he is referring to something specific. Yeah. So I was like really pleasantly surprised that you picked this quote Um, because I I think it's it's really, really interesting uh, in the kind of culture that we have of doing a very doing culture, very producing consuming acting moving uh, culture and I guess this this is something that I've been reflecting on more and more is this idea of in action as action so that it's a radical act in itself to step back or to take your hands, off the steering wheel, or to just to just watch. And I guess when I when I say that, I, I want to give some like context. I'm not talking about. Um, I imagine a lot of people think of. I definitely thought of activism of of the wrongs of the world, and that this quote could be suggesting that it's better to just not take action at all. But actually what I'm referring to is, is, is more subtle in the way that we like approach life in general. I think our culture is so much about the grind and making things work. There's quite a forceful attitude often. You know, it's like if I'm, even if I'm feeling unhappy or stressed or something like that, there is something wrong and I need to take action. I have to, I have to, um, uh, wrestle with this issue, and uh, and I think what this quote says to me is is there's this radical way of being, which is, which is this this stepping back and like, and just stopping. So, I have like a, a story related to this, which is that, um, so I went on this uh, retreat. This was like. Uh, I was, ni- uh, I was nineteen, so it was about six years ago, <clears throat> and uh, it was a, what's called a Vipassana retreat. And uh, these are ten day, like super hardcore retreats. You you can't have eye contact with people. You know, you you you're sleeping in dorms and stuff, which is fine. But it's it's like you can't exercise or have eye contact, or you you can't, uh, and you're meditating for like ten hours a day. And where I did it was in Malaysia because it was while I was traveling and we didn't actually even have, um, any nature around. We were like in a school, essentially it was a school during the summer holiday. that this retreat had rented the school, uh, while it was not in use. And, um, so you kind of have to imagine that you're essentially locked in a quite ordinary I mean, fairly basic school, really, with no... There's not even, like, any greenery anywhere. You've got, like, a parking lot, and then you've got the meditation hall, which is, like, a, a school hall. And uh, and then you're sleeping in dorms with people, and you can't speak to them, and you can't read, even. There's, like, li- it's literally zero input. Like, that's the, um, that's the context. <laughs> uh, and just thought of another thing related to this, but the thing that I was thinking of was a really interesting thing happens with pain because you're doing so much meditation that, you know, I was, I was sitting in a way where it's sort of like you're, you've got a cushion underneath you and you've got your knees on the floor, but you're, it's, it's almost, you can imagine as as you would like ride a horse, you know, it's like you've got your legs over each, each side, right. And then you've got your knees on the floor and then the cushion's like the horse. I don't know how better to, to describe that basically. Um, it's not a usual sitting position, but like a lot of people sit in meditation that way. And after the first day, which is like 10 hours of meditation, my knees just felt like they were on fire. Like there was no, it was so excruciating the, the pain of just sitting in that position. I was so unused to sitting for that length of time and there was an encouragement on this retreat to watch to just perceive what was happening and witness like witness the pain you know don't just get up and move and sit in another position like you know see if you can sit with that experience because it was very much about body awareness and while these like flames were like licking up my leg basically it's like i realized that the suffering that I was experiencing wasn't really anything to do with the pain. It was to do with me fighting the experience so avidly. Like I was just there, like this is just not, I'm not supposed to be feeling this. This is not supposed to be happening. I need to move. Like it was such a, it, my, the way that I uh, had it in my head, um, at the time was it's kind of like when you put two uh magnets together at the when you know the at the same end you know and they're like they're again they're fighting against each other yeah and you're trying to put them together and they're like shaking you know they won't they refuse to sit still and that's Mm -hmm. kind of how my attention was on the pain so it was, it was constantly pushing the experience away and refusing to settle on the raw sensation of um, what the pain was actually like. And what I did find was that through a lot of um, perseverance, out of curiosity, because I knew that I wasn't doing damage to my legs, I was just in an uncomfortable position, so I wanted to explore it. And... Um for about five minutes or something like that, I just sat with the direct experience of the pain. And it was nothing like my general experience of pain. it was It was pure hot sensation, just really um sharp sensation, but the suffering actually wasn't there at all. And that was a moment in which I wasn't, I wasn't acting. I wasn't actually moving my body or avoiding the pain in any way. All I was doing was having my, it was just single pointed attention. That was all that was happening. And that was something that came up when I read this quote, because this the way that i th- that I think about it is that um, it's it's not a case of turning away from the muddy water. It's not a case of you've got this muddy water and you're just totally turning away from it, and you're not getting involved in it either and messing around. There's just attention, it's just you're alert and present to what is happening there, and that is the settling quality is is just being very aware of what is happening and not yeah, not trying to change it, but just being with it so that 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 felt very much like a radical leaving alone, still attention but not wrestling with with my experience of pain. What feels important to me in this, in this quote is that aspect of not getting involved and not turning away from experience. So it is this staying with sense. So I think as you mentioned, it was like some people just think say meditation or whatever is, is a waste of time because you are sitting and just watching your experience. And that's seen as an inaction. It's seen as like a pointless waste of time. It's literally, you're doing nothing. It's, it's like a way, it's like dead time because I don't, it, it's so unusual to see that sort of attention as being transformational in itself. You know, it's seen as, yeah, just a waste of time and that that that's something that people seem to miss is that the 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 power of attention the power of just witnessing you know
1: yeah i think that with um it's interesting that that difference between pain and suffering that's been one of the a huge thing that i've learned that is that i've really changed how i think about those two things of pain and suffering can be completely decoupled. They're not the same thing at all. Like there's suffering is the resistance to pain, or it could be something that's not even physically painful. But I like the idea of say, if you've got a a painful stimulus, it's like that is kind of the, the suffering is arising from the turmoil of you know, you having this sensation and then, oh, I don't want to feel that sensation. I need to do something to get rid of that sensation. Da, 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 da. All of this extra stuff. That's that part is the suffering. There's the pain, which is just a feeling. But yeah, the the real suffering is coming from that turmoil. And it seems like that's kind of what happened when you just were were sitting with the pain and were kind of it's like it it settled and you felt just the sensation without all of the turmoil of your resistance to the sensation Mm, mm. yeah yeah it's um yeah I had a similar thing I remember my uh my dad telling me actually with Chinese burns I don't know if you remember (laughs) like (laughs) Chinese burns I think I might have told you this before yeah but yeah uh, with like a Chinese burn, it's just like a painful thing. You do, you kind of grab grab someone's skin with both your hands, and then like twist it round and round with your on their forearm. Um, I assume people probably know what Chinese burn is. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's quite painful. But I remember as a kid, like you know, me and my brother would do it on a, on each other, and I remember like doing it on my dad. And like him just being completely straight faced and not doing anything. And I was like, "What? Well, how do you like, like, how can you do that? I was just kind of incredulous. And I remember him saying about that with pain, he doesn't think of it as, as, as pain. He thinks of it as just like an interesting sensation or interesting feeling. And I think that's, that's something that really stuck with me as a kid and was very useful. Uh, mm just with any, any type of physical pain. Uh, although obviously it could, it could also use the same process for emotional pain as well. Uh, but for, for physical pain, it's a quite a clear thing where you can just notice it as a feeling. And I think it really helps to think of it, not just as a sensation, but like an interesting sensation. That's mm-hmm. a, because that, that invokes a kind of curiosity and you can really be curious about a pain that you have or something, something that's causing suffering and you you can be really curious about like, what does that, what does it feel like? What is, what is it actually that I'm resisting to rather than just like, ah, fuck my knee fucking hurts. Like, it's like, what does it actually feel like? Like really try and get into it. And when you're, focus goes to trying to understand and trying to notice you'll find that there's there's not space to have that suffering at the same time you can't have the the suffering at the same time you're just noticing and being curious about something because it's just you know people's brains aren't wired to do those two things at at the same time Mm. um so yeah that's a very useful thing to do if you ever are in a situation like if you're in an airplane seat so you've got like a super long flight or something like that and you're getting uncomfortable you can do that just to notice notice how you're feeling and you know not uh not get caught up in this you know the the whirlwind of like resistance to what's happening but just like yeah letting it settle letting it settle with just the raw sensation and how it is rather than you know getting caught up in your resistance to it
0: yeah that curiosity aspect's like it made me think of how in my relationship with people like people that i don't know say you know say i'm feeling particularly like vulnerable and it's i'm like out you know, I'm tired or whatever and I'm, I'm out and about and it's nighttime and things like that. And I see like a big group of lads. Right. And I'm, I've got this anxiety. Who are they? And like, you know, are they going to hurt me or something like that? And there, at that point, there isn't any curiosity as to actually who those people are, you know, like the the fact that they are people and just having an experience at the same time that they're just a fearful object to me. And I have noticed that as soon as I start to reflect on them and be curious about them and who they are, that f- fearfulness definitely subsides. I think it is very difficult to maintain both at the same time because c- curiosity is... There's something playful about it and it's quite gen- gentle and... Um, interested and curious well interest and gentleness and playfulness are just so not the experience of fear (laughs) they're like such different experiences um and so yeah i that that definitely and that's something that is taught a lot in meditation is is to newcomers, but actually it's it's like great advice for anyone is you know it is about a curiosity of your experience. That I remember um uh I can't remember where I heard it, but this guy was talking about meditation and how his teacher had told him to he, he was in a monastery, so he was a monk and the master Zen master or whatever was um, said I want you to come back every day and tell me one new thing you've learned about the breath and they were just doing a lot of breath meditation Um, and the intention that the master set you know was you're looking for something new like what what new you know you think the breath is so simple you, it's something you'd get bored of you know that is something that you would very quickly get used to but actually the sensation of breathing is so nuanced and subtle and different depending on how blocked your nose is how cold the air is all of these things change the conditions that you know it's kind of like when you go up to a a really small flower or a bit of moss and you can just, you can kind of infinitely find new details in it because that, the, the intricacy of life is kind of infinite. The, the more subtle you get, then the more detail there is. And so, yeah, this the, there was this teaching about finding a new thing about the breath, you know, coming back with a new thing about the breath. And that's all about curiosity. It's all about... Being open to um something new for you to discover. And it also get it's it, that playfulness, it's harder for your ego to get involved in because you your ego wants to hold things down and to know things and to have them sorted and, and understood, and that curiosity and and playfulness is, you know, it's saying, oh, I don't really know. You know, I'm, 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 I'm interested, like, to know more, you know, and that is not the position of the serious, you know, the, the person with a lot of experience, for example. Often, you know, it, it hardens in time, you know, as, as you feel like you know more, that shell of knowing becomes a bit of a prison that curiosity can really help with.
1: Were there any other things that this evokes like the, the quote or about the, like the wider context of the, of the quote in terms of uh, doing nothing in a world of turmoil? What do you think about? Is that actually something that you think people should do like do you think that would be better if more people just didn't do anything like what do you think yeah what do you think about that the wider context of the quote
0: again uh, like it's we need a new term for doing nothing it because it's not it's not passive inaction but it's not action either. It's, it's receptivity. It's, it's being completely... Say if I'm, if I'm listening to you, it, or anyone, if I'm in a conversation and I'm listening, the experience for the person speaking of someone who is listening, listening in a distracted way is completely different from someone who is deep listening. From someone who is is complete is not making assumptions about the person they're hearing from, is allowing stillness and space to open up within themselves as they're listening, uh, is being very attentive. This person isn't doing anything. They're kind of putting stuff down. They're not actually doing anything, and they're not doing anything different from the distracted person. Maybe really, it's 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 not like they are. Um, they've decided to make more affirmative noises or nod their head more or anything like that necessarily. It's that they've decided to actually stop doing. They've decided to stop seeking and looking around for other, you know, entertainment. They've decided to stop assuming what the person is going to say and put it and put it down and be quiet. But that listening is so powerful you know it's 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 and um, i guess if you want to go into the more spiritually dimension of that it's that we are or or a metaphor we spend our life in space we spend our life in open space and yet the only thing that we notice is objects but the objects can't exist without the space. You know, if I'm in my room now, it's 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 predominantly space that I'm in, and that is what holds everything within it. And and my my life gets worse the more clutter and crap is everywhere. Because a part of me resonates with that space and needs that space, because that's a huge part of our makeup is that for thoughts to exist, there has to be the space within them for music to exist. There has to be this, you know, the silence for a room to exist. There has to be the space within it that holds the object, but it's not, it's not tangible in the way that objects tangible. And that's what I think is being get got at by by this quote is, is is not saying leaving the water alone is in just forgetting about it and doing nothing and you know, like because in that is 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 almost a rejection, a turning away, and a, a no. It's it's somewhere in between it's saying that space, stillness, silence is so valuable, and yet we don't because it's not tangible in the way that things are and ideas and thoughts and action, then we, we don't respect it to do its magic. You know, like one of the things that I thought of was this recent talk about rewilding and the power of just letting nature do what it does and not trying to fiddle around with it and plant certain things and da, 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 da. but just literally leaving it alone and watching as it flourishes on its own, you know, and, and it gives it rebalances nature, you know, species start coming back. It's really, it's really alive, but it's not being faffed around with by human beings who supposedly know so much. You know, they're just letting it do its thing. The same with the water or the muddy water settling, you know, it's just doing its thing. It's not, we're not poking around.
1: Mm. Yeah. 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 I like the analogy of like the rewilding thing where it can be like tempting for people to be like, Oh yeah, let's put this there because this will interact with this and this will do this. Mm. But often like if you just, if you just do nothing in that situation or like you just give it the space that it needs, then it will arise however it's going to arise. And that's, you know, can end up being, yeah, more beautiful in a way. Uh, I think, yeah, I think you're right that that just saying do nothing is not quite the right term for it. Like Mm -hmm. there's, i guess i guess maybe like awareness or receptivity of like your you're still kind of watching the process um it's like uh i don't know sometimes you just need to stop what you're doing because you might make things worse stop and then just look see okay what what is the situation that i'm in right now it might be that you just need to be like, let this just settle, let the emotion settle of me feeling like, oh, I need to react to this in a certain way. It's like letting that settle, um, and that's something that could, kind of going back to the the argument analogy I used earlier. That's something that could help within that context, in terms of a way to end it would be just taking a second to. To get out of that cycle, like that cycle of uh, emotion, reaction, emotion, reaction, emotion, reaction, because that's a way that that's never gonna, never gonna end. It's just gonna keep going. It's gonna be you know a self-perpetuating thing. But just having, just stopping for a second and just letting your emotions settle before, you know, letting that thing that you were just it was on the tip of your tongue that you're about to say, just letting that settle and just being like, okay, where am I? Who is this person? What are we talking about? What, you know, what is the best way to move forward? And I think that can be, you know, something that can be done on a, a macro scale, but also on a micro scale of, you know, this, this settling can literally be, uh, you know, as sometimes you could do it in a second, the settling. There might be times where it takes a little bit longer, five seconds, or it could be something that more happens. You know, you have a year where you're kind of just letting things settle and, and seeing how you need to move forward. Um, but yeah, I think there really is something to be said for just finding out when is the time where I just need to let things organically arise or, um and just see, see how things turn up and then see how, uh, how I want to kind of interact with that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's, you know, it's recognizing what, what we're already doing in terms of that as well. Like, sleeping rest generally resting like animals hibernate like you know all of these things in a way one could argue is a waste of time you know it's it's a bit of a waste of time to sleep because you you could be producing you could be making things there's a lot that needs to get done in the world why would you waste your time sleep sleeping but the the rest putting down is like you you, you're not going to survive if you don't go if you go without sleep for really long periods you know it's 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 so built in in nature to to stop for periods like we're literally forced to stop even the most active people who have the least respect for an idea like this are forced to regardless you know, their body will just say, nope, that is it, I need to stop now. Um, yeah, I yeah, the, the thing that just keeps them coming up in my mind and it's something I've thought about a lot is, is the rad, like how radical this perspective of stopping or not doing, or as we said, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't really do it justice to say that, but how radical that actually is like it's because it's so against the grain of what we're told that is necessary and i think that's why i actually think that's why some people can get quite reactive with um with things like meditation and things like retreat you know people can be like that's really self-indulgent or narcissistic or what you know and it's quite it seems to actually become quite personal you know it's like almost it's definitely not like a like some of the reactions that I've got talking about it have definitely been like like a feeling a a bit pissed off you know it's, it's not just oh I don't choose to do that with my time it's like no that's that's a that's a bit of a problem because And I think that's, that's because it's so opposite to the way that we're actually conditioned and our, our society is, which says to get things done, you have to do, you have to be doing all the time. It's like the hustlers and, you know, that, that actually get things done. And I don't know, I, 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 it's not in one extreme or another, like. Obviously, some people would also say, you know, it's it's actually it's all hands off. Like you, you're going to go and live in a monastery and just get out of the world's way, because your action, literally, until you perfect your intentions one hundred percent, until you're enlightened, basically, your actions in the world will will not be positive because they'll be so infused with all sorts of corrupt ideas about how things should be. Like some people might go to that extreme, and I I don't think that either. But it's, it's it's that it's that we need both. Like we need both pretty much equally. Like we need to be. We need to sleep. We need to rest. We need downtime. We need re- well. In my life, retreat is incredibly important and like so nourishing. And meditation need that, and that affects action massively like I you know if I'm well rested I'm so much better at doing what I'm supposed to be doing you know like if I'm if I'm like wrung out and I'm I'm I've just pushed myself to the limit I'm shit I'm grumpy what I'm producing is uninspired you know I'm not particularly curious I'm not all that nice you know as a person you know I need that time and I think we all do I think we all need that time but but it's I think it's that thing of you you, you, because you can't grab it because you can't label it. You know, we don't even have a word to really describe it. You know, it's, it's, it so easily flips into just, oh, you're just doing nothing. Of course it's not. It's, 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 yeah. I think receptivity and resting is probably better, like maybe better ways of describing it, but yeah. Yeah. It definitely feels very radical to me.
1: Um. yeah I thought that actually when I was when I was reading out the quote like the thing about doing nothing being the best thing to do as I was saying that I was like oh, some people aren't gonna like that <laughs> <laughs> because it, it just seems yeah it seems so counter intuitive and I think The, what I take from that quote is not like, uh, it's not like, uh, just be aware of the situation and receptive to what's going on forever for like, and that's what you do for the rest of your life. It's, I see it more as like, let it settle your, uh, your feelings and your emotions and your reactions to everything that's going on let it become more clear like the bigger picture of of where things are and what action is actually going to get the result that you really want Mm. and i think that's something that's that's so valuable in the wider context of just the world and what things the world needs at the moment but then you know within your life, within your day, within a specific moment, all of those things can be can be made better by just giving that time to be receptive and and uh, yeah, I think just letting it settle. I think that's a nice you know mm-hmm. that comes from the the muddy water is just letting it settle, let your emotions and reaction and your reactions all of those those default things that you would do just let them settle and then choose what you act what action is actually the best to take rather than what you just feel like doing in the moment and mm-hmm. I think that is a way that you can get out of that turmoil um, so yeah I think that's that's the real the real takeaway from me have you got like a a takeaway or something that you how you would apply this to your life or how you know ways you think is good to apply this quote or when when to think of it
0: i think the main takeaway for me is is just giving myself enough respect to take the time to allow things to settle because that that st- that story, cultural story of you need to be doing something all the time. You need to be hustling and like making stuff. And I think particularly as an artist as well, it's like, it's, it's so in there, like just always be producing, you know, and it's a competitive world and you're going to get left behind and all of those stories just allowing occasionally that more wise voice to come up and say maybe you should just stop for a bit you know and just and just sit on my bed and just let things settle you know don't try and make anything don't try and do anything just allow things to just be for a while you know yeah, I I think that's, I think that's my main takeaway.
1: Nice. I think that's actually what I, what, what I feel with meditation. Like that's the, the initial part of when you sit down to meditate, it really is like your, your mind is muddy from all the stuff that's been going on throughout the day or, you know, however long it's been since you meditated or, or kind of, not necessarily meditate, but just had time to really think. Um, and it really does feel like that you, when when I sit down, um, not that I really meditate that much, <laughs> but when I do, like uh, I sit down and I guess sometimes I do this without like a formal meditation practice, but I will still kind of go through this sort of process of just letting my thoughts thoughts settle. Like little things will come in that I need to do or whatever. And then I'll have my natural reaction to that thought. And then that. And then I'll kind of just let all of those things happen. The little interactions of, ah, this thing, ah, but this thing, ah, but this thing. You know, there's like these little interactions, these little triggers where one thought triggers another thought, triggers another thought. And what I do is I'll just kind of, let that process go and let it just talk its way out, like talk itself out. If you'll find, if you don't actually contribute to it by adding in extra uh, content for it, it will just start to settle. Mm-hmm. All of those thoughts will start to settle, and that's that. Really, is the experience that I have when I'm meditating is just letting letting those thoughts run their course. Without contributing to them, and when you're not giving it that fuel and perpetuating it, you will find that after however much time, it will depend on the person how long you've doing it, but also just the day. You know, there could be one time where it takes ages, one time where you're like settled straight away. Mm -hmm. But it's a yeah that that process of sitting down and just letting yourself settle that is kind of. Uh, a great analogy for, for meditation. So that's what I'd like to leave it on. Have you got any final comments you want to? Nice. Muddy water is best left. is Ah, oh, dude, <laughs> I fucked it up. <laughs> I was hoping for a real beautiful, poignant, perfectly read quote for the end. Here we go. Muddy water is best cleared by leaving it alone. Have a good week. See you later.